2. <clears throat> and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded a fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face. And his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there. Uh, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These things are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly, blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servants, servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. Now, I'm going to talk to you about worship. What is it? What is worship? Well, I've got something here somewhere. Uh, yeah, I was going to explain to you what worship is. Worship in the Old Testament is Shaw Hall, and it means to bow down, do obeisance, do reverence. That's what it means in the Old Testament. But it has that connotation of bowing down. And then in the New Testament, Greek, proskuneo is the word for worship. And it has the same meaning, but boy, how it gets it is something. Proskuneo, well, pros is before, kuno, dog. <laughs> how about that? Dog in the word worship? Well, let me see. That word's only used a few times. Look at Matthew 7, 6. I'm going to show you all these. I think it's very interesting to see them. <laughs> Matthew 7, in verse 6, he says, uh, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. <laughs> Neither cast you your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and they turn again and rend you. Now there's that same word that's involved in that proskuno. <laughs> now look at Luke. Chapter And you know, this is about Lazarus and the rich man in verse 21, or verse 20. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, 
and desired to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Now, you don't get much lower, humanly speaking, physically, economically speaking, than Lazarus. He's got nothing. Sitting at the feet, at the gate of the rich man, begging for crumbs. And the dogs come and lick his sores. Now, where does that put the dog? Pretty low, isn't it? Thank God for dogs. As only medicine Luke that uh, uh, Lazarus got was dog slobber. It may have helped him a little bit. That's all he had. The same word there. Look at Philippians. Chapter 3, verse 2, beware of dogs. (laughs) Beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. Well, 2 Peter 2. Verse 1 and 2. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the sow that was washed her wallowing in the mire. (laughs) And then Revelation 22. And verse 15. For without are dogs. And sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Now worship God. But what does that word tell you? How much bound down is there? All the way. To come before God in worship. Uh... We talk about the religious world. Is there much worshiping going on? Not according to the scriptures. Because you got people up there shaking their fists and hooting and hollering. And refusing to follow the word of God. I don't think there's much worship going on. Matter of fact, in those those, uh, places, not a bit of it is. But even, even saved people. Uh... If they're not following the Lord, they're not submitting to him. They're not bowing in obeisance to the Lord. How can you worship God and you don't keep his commandments, keep his word? Look at John 4 real quick. John chapter 4. As the Lord told the woman at the well. And I want to say again. Jesus did not say this woman was a harlot. Only uh, 
pharisaical preachers and Christians say that she was a harlot. Jesus doesn't say that. Where there's a harlot, Jesus says so. The word says so. He didn't say that about this woman. Mark that down the next time you hear one of these uh, egotistical preachers call that woman that name. Jesus didn't say that about her. Not at all. Anyway, but he says, your problem, she said, verse 20, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. Now she's using the same word. Because she's saying her fathers worshipped. And Jesus is telling her, no they didn't. No they didn't. And you say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus didn't say Jerusalem is the place. He said salvation is of the Jews. Of the nation of Israel. And Jesus Christ was the lion out of the tribe of Judah. He didn't say Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, <clears throat> the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You see, the, the place is of no significance. But he said, You all, that's second person plural, ye, worship, you all know not what. If you don't know what you're worshiping, you ain't worshiping. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Out of the tribe of Abraham. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers, and that's what he's talking about, contrasting here, true worshipers and false worshipers. There's only two kinds. When the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Now, in spirit and in truth. I'm sorry most commentators don't say anything about this. I believe I can prove. When Jesus says they must worship in spirit, he's not talking about any specifics of the Holy Spirit. He is, has reference to what he has just said about God. God is spirit. He is essence. The Bible says three things about the essence of God. God is spirit. God is light. God is love. Specifics. God is spirit meaning that he's not material. He's not flesh and blood like the Mormons try to present him. The Mormons say, as man is, God once was. As God is, man may become. They say that God is growing. They say God started out as a man and grew into Godhead. 
If you do this thing right, you can go the same path and you can become a God. Isn't that what Satan promised Eve? And he's still promising that. Mormonism and other cults do the same thing. Do you know Catholics, to a point, they teach that man may become gods? Check them out. I'm not just shooting from the hip here. I know what I'm talking about. Now, he says, worship God. Back in Revelation 22, verse 9. In spirit, that is contradistinction to idolatry. Materialism, pictures, statues, symbols. Now that's what the Samaritans were doing. But Jesus tells them God must be worshipped in spirit because God is spirit. He's not flesh and blood. All right. And then in truth. Well. Jesus said in John. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You can't worship God, Joel Osteen, apart from the word of God. You can't worship God, Stanley, Andy, apart from the word of God that you've already gotten rid of 39 books of the 66 books. But truth be known, you're getting rid of the others too. You think you're smarter than God. Just like Supreme Court justices. They thought they're smarter than God when they said two men can get married. No, they can't. And when they say that a a girl can become a boy or a boy can become a girl. No, they can't. But the law says, the law reflects the total spiritual ignorance of mankind. You know, in Lexington schools right now, Fed County schools right now, in boys' bathrooms, I don't know if they're in all of them, but they're in some of them. I know that for, for a fact. They've got women's once a month stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Pads and things. In boys' bathrooms. Because these idiots say that boys can have a monthly period. And they are teetotal idiots. But here's what's going on. They got some foolish, demon-possessed girl that says, I'm now a boy. And so she gets access to a boy's bathroom, and she's got to have some of her feminine products, her feminine hygiene products. So they put it in the boy's bathroom and saying, then they say, boys do that. 
Or they say boys can get pregnant. No, it's these idiotic demon-possessed girls that say they're boys and they get pregnant anyway. You see how stupid they are? All of that to justify what is absolutely an impo- a scientific impossibility. You've got males and females. I don't know the XX chromosome and the XY. Male is XY? I think that is it. I don't know. Whichever one it is. And females XX. You ain't going to change it. I don't care how you hate God. You ain't going to change it. You born a male here. You're going to die and go to hell a male. Regardless of what you cut off. You're born a female here. You die and go to hell. You'll still be a, a female regardless of what you glue on. Never heard what a what a generation we're in. Now, come on, tell me I'm hate speaking. In some places they would say that. I, if they heard it out here, they'd say it is. Anyway, let me go on. Uh, one of the great misstatements of our time. Worship in the way or place of your choice. And I appreciate the freedom to do so. But it's really a misstatement. You can't worship in the way or place of your choice. You may physically attempt it. But before God, you can't do it. What did Jesus tell the Samaritan woman? You know not what you worship. What did Paul say to the Athenians on Mars Hill? He said, you ignorantly worship. And the unknown God, I declare unto you, that's the one you don't know. And if you don't know him, if you're worshiping an idol, you're not worshiping God. People say, well, they're better off doing that. I don't think so. Not at all. Some people, ah, mother say, I'd rather my kids go to church just so they go to some kind of church. Oh, no, not me. I think Harris is pretty bad. Amen. I, I really do. I think it's pretty bad. Well, anyway. Now. When the true worship of God is taking place, it is not idolatry. And there's no idolatry in it. Modern day idolatry, Buddha, Mariolatry, the whole Catholic Church, including Greek Orthodox, both, both bunches of Catholics. Western and Eastern. They worship Mary. Who do they pray to? Holy Mary, Mother of God. That's what they, that leads off their prayers. Hundreds of millions of them. Say, oh, well, they're being religious now. Yeah, but they sure are not worshiping God. You can't worship God calling on an idol. 
People say, well, them pictures remind me of the Lord. How do, how do they do that? How can a picture remind you of someone you've never seen? They're idols is what they are. Amen. So, the Bible condemns the very concept of such practices. It must be God's way or not at all. I said, whoa, boy, that's, that's pretty exclusive. That's non-inclusive. Well, absolutely it is. Brother James talked about John 3.16 this morning. Well, there's not a more exclusive verse in the Bible than John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish. Well, now how many believe on him to the saving of the soul and God said there be many called and few chosen. Amen. So that tells me that the majority of this whole world does not believe on Jesus to the saving of the soul. So how exclusive is that group of true believers in Jesus Christ? Many called, few chosen. Broadway, narrow way. Few there be that find it. Many go therein. Well, going to church is not worship of itself. Now, I think going to church is absolutely, absolutely important. And I thank God for those that do, but I pray we got some, get some that actually believe in going to church and attending church when the doors are open. That's what we signed up for when we joined the church, that we'll be here. Now, I admit, you can sit here and not worship at all. Or you can sit here and truly worship. But if you're a member of the church, and you're not here when the church is meeting, you have a rough time showing me that you're worshiping anyplace else. Be careful, gum, you start meddling now. I'm telling the truth. Amen. I mean, if your mind is 100 miles away from here, if you're fishing somewhere in your mind, and you're not paying attention to the word, the praying, the singing, you're not worshiping. And you can do it. I mean, listen, I mean, I see, see, Look, got the, the phones, you know, while, while the word is being preached. Yeah, I know what you do. You get done. I know what you do. Anybody doing that right now? Well, if you are, you're not worshiping God. You're, 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 you're piling up wrath, is what you're doing. Uh, just rendering a service is not worship. I thank God for godly deacons. Like we've got two. But just doing that is not worship. Just being a preacher, just being a teacher. Just doing that. You can do that just as cold as ice. Just as mechanical. I've always said this. I believe that you could take a man like 
I don't know modern guys, but Orson Welles. Anybody remember Orson Welles? One of the great orators of modern day. I think everybody would agree with that. New public speaking and was fluent, perfect in it. You could take one of Spurgeon's sermons, and I'll guarantee you he could memorize it in a short time. And I'll guarantee you, Orson, well, I don't know anything about his spiritual condition when he was alive. Don't know anything. Not putting him down. I'm just using him because he's an example of a fine order. He could deliver one of Charles Spurgeon's sermons mechanically probably better than Charles Spurgeon. But that wouldn't say anything about his spirituality in doing it. So you can do it. Like a lot of preachers, I mean, they, and it's their way. They want to do it. They've got their sermons written out word for word. And that, that may be a legitimate way. I never could do that. But, I mean, you can take a man, get a message up here, and just read that message. Somebody else wrote and read that message. Well, the, the truth is still the truth. But as far as your spirituality, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't gain a thing for you. So, if it's done out of sheer duty, people say, well, I emptied the garbage at church, or I do this at church. If you just do it mad because you have to do it, you think God's going to reward you for that? Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, especially what's the Lord's work, keeping this church. You know what? I can't keep this thing going. I used to try. But I, there's no way physically I can do much of anything physically. I'm, my days of that are over. I'm, I do well, for, I do a lot, but I, I, I can't do physical work. So if, if a piece of paper's got to be picked up, unless I've got my grabber, sometimes I can get down and get it. Unless I've got my grabber, uh, you youngsters, you, you walk over paper, I see it all now. Oh, you want to let somebody else pick it. I didn't put it down. If you've got that attitude... It's not doing you any good to do anything. Amen. Do it heartily as unto the Lord. I want the Lord's house to look nice. I want the Lord's house to look like we love the Lord. I want it to be repaired. I want it to be fixed. I want it to be nice. So if you just done it because you have to, you can serve and still have no love for the job or for the Lord. And that doesn't account anything for you. Giving your money is not necessarily worship. Now, of course, the word in there for fellowship in the book of Acts is koinonia. That's the word which we get coin from. That word for fellowship means that they were having fellowship with one another daily. They were also having a money meeting. When that fellowship involved giving the money to the Lord. That is a part of worship. Well, when you give when you give money to the church, you ain't giving it to me. I have nothing to do with the money of this church. Never have had. But doesn't the Bible teach when you give your tithes and offerings to the church, you're giving it to the Lord, and you testify that He is receiving it in heaven. He's alive. He arose and he is ever living at the right hand of the Father. And you're testifying to that. 
if you're given reluctantly, Ananias and Sapphira, they tried to use that given as something just to promote themselves. Well, we sold our property for $10,000, so we're going to give this $1,000 to you. And the truth is, they sold it for 100000 And they should have given 10000 if they were telling the truth. But they were lying. And you know what God did? They carried them both out feet first because they were lying to God. By lying to the church, they were lying to the Holy Spirit, to God. Well, giving and tithing. I think tithing is the place where a child of God starts. 10%, but, that, but that's not where we stop. Because he said, if you're robbing me in tithes and offerings in Malachi... If you're not giving an offering above your tithe, you're robbing God of his offerings. Amen? So not, let, not just the, the tithe. And anyway, if you put folding money in the plate just to keep them looking cheap, uh, doesn't add one reward to you, not at all. To go to church to see and to be seen is not worship. Uh... You know what? Some people go to church for politics. To be seen politically. I don't think anybody left. David knows who I'm talking about. A former big chief on the fire department. He was the big chief. He was a member of the big Southern Baptist church. I don't know why he was, but he was anyway. They tell me that when he did go to church, it wasn't very often, but when he did go, he would go with his uniform on. Big scrambled egg hat and all of his finery. And he would purposely come in about 15 minutes late. So when he walked in, you'd see him, and everybody turned around. Well, there's Chief so-and-so. Here he is at church. He's a good fella. He's one of us. And that's how he kept his job. One of the ways he kept his job. That's what he was doing. Using the church for his political aims. And I'll tell you, I don't think God's happy with that at all. That's not worship. Anyway, let me get this and I'll bring this to a close. Uh, I want to say this. When you teach commandments of men instead of the commandments of God, you're not worshiping God. When you're teaching that churches that were started by men are as good as churches started by the Lord, that's not worshiping God. I'll have to say it. When you're coming to church on Christmas or Easter, you ain't worshiping God. Anyway, when you're truly worshiping God, the word of God must be preached and you must be in accord with it. And the Holy Spirit applies it to our hearts. Now, you can see how people are thinking. Because nowadays it is not rare to have a whole Sunday services given up to professional singers. Many of them have orchestras, 
rock bands. And then they have this group in and that group in. And there's just no time for a preaching of the word. Let me assure you that there is no worshiping going on. Now, you know, I like good words to songs. I can't, I'm not up with all this music. Uh, one of these songs that we sang in Bible school. But now the words are good. My God is so big and so strong, so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. Those are good words. In the beginning, God made everything. God simply spoke and the world came to be. Good words. I'm not necessarily with the music. It's just not, I'm too old for that. But I love the words. They're great words. And if our music does not enhance the truth of the word of God, we're not worshiping God. Amen. We're singing heresy. When worship is used in the Bible, it is used in connection with one bowing down before Almighty God. Look at Psalm 95 real quick. In verse 6, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand today if you will hear His voice. Come, let us worship and bow down before God. And that's what the very word itself means. Now, when you worship God, you have to acknowledge that he is truly sovereign. There's none like him. He is your maker and you need him and trust in his son as Lord and Savior. Folks, much that passes as worship is not. It just flat is not. God help us remember true worship is to worship God in spirit and in the truth. And the word of God is his truth. Let's stand.